0: been a couple weeks since since you've come back from the cold ruins everything is is going fairly well it's been nice and quiet you've got a a fat stack of of coin that uh that came from getting paid it's a beautiful day and and you're kind of out wandering through the marketplace let's talk a little bit about your neighborhood in deva you know the only things we really determined so far is that your offices are there and presumably you live In the same building. And uh, that Bloody Drew's, now Bloody Monica's, is there.
1: Oh, Bloody Monica.
0: Tell me a little bit about the neighborhood. What's it like?
1: Well, if you go down the block and around the corner, you'd find Dwarves and Donuts, which is going to be the best donut shop in the neighborhood. The coffee is coffee, but the donuts, oh, oh, they're to die for.
2: But the trick is to just go across the street to Calypso's coffee and get your coffee there. Oh, yes.
1: But the thing with Calypso is you have to stay on good terms with the owner because she is a witch doctor.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm also a fan of Mr. Primrose's magical wares and things and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always uh, when you're in a pinch and you need, you need some good gear. That's the place to go. I also really like the magical things and stuff and things and stuff section. Oh, you, you would naturally, of course. You can
1: find everything you need to make your own homemade
2: brown stuff. Uh, your own homemade what? Brown stuff. Brown stuff? My, like my jars of brown stuff. Oh, no. I could make it myself. What is the, What does the brown stuff do exactly? You want to run that by me? Walk me through that? Well,
1: it's brown. It smells nice. And you can keep it in a jar. Uh, it doesn't taste good. But it can be used as a salve for very specific types of fire ants and absolutely nothing else. But it smells nice. You burn it? Uh, Well, you could, but it's not very flammable, so you'd have to conjure a magical fire that would heat it for a prolonged period of time.
2: Sounds like a candle.
1: I mean, no. It's magic, brown stuff. It's not a
2: candle. Uh, uh, So, I guess what I'm getting at is, is this doesn't sound very marketable. Because if you're going to be going off making brown stuff in your free time, we could at least try to turn a profit on it. But you're not giving me a lot to work with here. I mean, that
1: is, you do have an excellent point. I don't think it would be profitable since you can buy brown stuff everywhere. Yeah, well. But, but, we could buy things to buy a magical, to, to build a magical boat. You need a boat? We always need a boat.
2: I don't need a boat. Gonna go. What if it were a land boat? Wheels on it.
1: What if it were a magical land
2: boat? Sounds expensive, though.
1: Okay, bear with me
2: here. I'm listening.
1: What if instead of wheels? The boat itself had an enchantment on it, so it would essentially be moving across the land as if the land was water without actually being sunken into the land. So it would treat the terrain as water. That's not a bad idea.
2: I think we found our boat build for the later. I think so. I'm I'm pretty sold on this one.
1: Yes! Ah, and the entire build will be fueled by Calypso coffee.
2: For sure. Although I don't think we quite have the resources to pull something like that together right now.
1: That's true, but we could build a model boat, like a a prototype. Uh, yeah, we'll say yes, yes, a prototype. It won't yeah. be a toy.
2: It won't be. It will be a working model, right? Uh, yes, it won't be clear. It's not going to be a toy. Could so help me, God! If we build a toy. <laughs> I'm gonna be not happy. As long as it's not that, that's fine. It will not be a toy. <laughs> well, you know get some go get us some coffee from Calypso's and we'll sketch this thing out.
1: Let's do it. I just really hope that Madame Calypso doesn't sound like the really, really stereotypical Jamaican woman from the old Spider-Man cartoon
0: i'm 100 certain that i could not do that accent without getting a whole bunch of letters so i guarantee you that she does not sound like that
3: (laughs) i'm so glad you knew what i was talking about
0: oh yeah man and when it comes to old spider-man cartoons that stuff was my jam when i was a kid
2: mr spider-man Come get in my cab. I don't
0: remember this at all. You're probably you're probably very fortunate. The only good part of that old Spider-Man cartoon was what you got from, you know, all the the stills of it that float around as reaction gifts uh, now. The the memes, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's go get some coffee. All right, let's do it.
0: You wander over, you get your—I assume you kind of get your donuts and then get your coffee, because be kind of rude to just kind of wander in and, and be like, "Hey, we we hate your coffee, but like your donuts, so we're bringing in some outside outside coffee." You know, it's not not wise to to piss off dwarf bakers.
2: That's true. You want to stay. You want to stay on good terms with the with the neighborhood, for sure. And I love the donuts
0: and they're they're very used to this by now. It, it's almost becoming a running joke exactly how bad their coffee is. So they're excited to they're excited to have people come in, buy some donuts, laugh about the coffee with them and and wander across the street. What is Clipso Coffee like? Is it just a coffee shop? Does it have a motif? Does it have some kind of Caribbean even though there isn't a Caribbean?
2: It's pretty dark in there, you know, it's it's very, she leans really hard into the sort of, the, the whole witch vibe. There are a lot of
1: little coffee cups fashioned into skull shapes hanging around.
0: All oh, the good voodoo trappings for people that don't really know what is yeah. like. Kind of, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It, it could be described as a hovel. <laughs> do you hang out in there to have coffee or do you just take it with you and... And back to the streets and, and wandering about.
1: Oh, I think we should probably continue to walk the streets. See who's out and about.
0: I think so. So you, you head down the street a little bit. And you hear a voice from a stall that last time you knew was, was still abandoned. You're getting into the section that is more about... It's more like a bazaar than it is a row of shops. You hear a voice off to the side. Hey, hey, you guys. You uh, you want to buy some artifacts?
1: Artifacts? What kind of artifacts, sir?
0: Like, oh, oh, I got all kinds. You name it. I got it back here somewhere. And when you look over, you see a pug, a dog, little beige guy with a dark face standing up on his hind legs, shrouded in silk robes. He's hopped up on a, a series of little pedestals that he uses to help him get around his storefront, and he is the one that is speaking to you. He's got all manner of things laid out in front of him. Uh,
2: so this is nice stuff. This is nice stuff. Uh, I just quick question. Just quick question. Uh, are you, are are you enchanted?
0: Me? No, no. I'm a
2: pug. I know a lot of pugs in my day. None of them talked to me.
0: Let me let you in on a secret there, boss. We, we all can talk. Just most of us don't. Uh-oh. Findor, I like this pug. He, he winks at you as best a pug can. I don't think they can wink all that well. As you know, it's, it, it's a whole lot easier life to just hang out in some, some wealthy dowager's lap all day. But me, that's not what I'm about. I want to see the world.
2: I can respect that. Oh, what's your what's your name, Pug? What's your what's your name?
0: I just had the name in my head too. I was like, oh, his name is is something, and then I'm like, oh crap, no wait, wait, what is it? What is it? What is it? Um, oh, it's totally Hugsley. gone too.
2: <laughs> 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 you seen the the meme of it's it's the picture of the the two people on like the interview dais, and the the one person has. A microphone and the other person has like 35 microphones and the person with 35 <laughs> microphones is labeled the mpc you spent hours building a backstory for and holds all the keys to the next quest and then sorry the other way around it's the one with the single one has you know the NPC you spent hours working on that has all the keys to the quest and the other one with the 35 is Boblin the goblin <laughs> <laughs> What's his, his name the goblin yeah uh oh, God. boblin it's boblin. It's boblin that's the goblin's
0: name um you know i don't know why I keep wanting to call people joshua either like like just call the pug joshua i'm like okay do i want to name all these characters after one of the players <laughs> Side note, if we if we
3: named him Pugnacious, it would it would actually be a nod to an independently produced designer toy that I'm friends with the creator of.
0: <laughs> um, Let me load a name generator, but I, I, I like Pugnacious it's if it gives you if
3: it gives uh you know what I will find a picture of it and I'll send it to you in the chat Uh, we
2: can name it uh Remo Remo
0: yes I love it so, says my name's Remo Remo Pugnacious I keep the last name it's what my previous owner used to call me she wasn't very imaginative but she was nice so took it with me when I went on the road you know how it is
2: Remo. Yes, Remo. May I, may I boop your nose?
0: But you would not be the first. Go right ahead. Boop Remo's nose. <clears throat> it makes me happy. Yeah, it is. It is so velvety and and wet. It's just <laughs> wonderful. All
2: right, what you got, kid? What, what do we got here?
1: Tell us about your artifacts.
0: I got stuff from. From all over the world here. It's stuff, you, know, you name a place, there's something here from it. Like, uh, what do you think of this? And he picks up, uh, I don't know, what does he pick up?
2: He picks up uh, an enchanted necklace from a far off land.
1: And a banana.
2: Picks up a, a, an enchanted necklace with uh, banana bangles from a far off land.
0: <laughs> does he see this? I got this from the Banana Kingdom. It's a tiny, tiny little island. They don't really trade with anyone. They live on bananas, and they craft fine jewelry. It's about, uh, it's about 20 days sailing south from here. Good people that, down there.
1: Is that, Is that—is that the land of Blueston?
0: But you know what? I do believe it is.
1: I've heard many things about the Bluestons. They often make huge mistakes.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't want to trust them with nothing. But if that's not your thing, what about this? And he picks up a dagger, and it has the oddest looking blade you've ever seen. It almost looks like blue-tinted glass, but when you look through it, everything has that kind of effect that you'd see in a carnival mirror.
1: Is that a straw?
0: He's a straw. No, 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 my friend. No, 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 no. This is, uh, and he's even stumbling for the name for this thing. So, like, this is, uh, this is a dagger of odd sight. This is the type of thing that the dwarves make. Uh- I don't mean the dwarves that you find around here. I mean the dwarves that you find on the other continent.
1: I thought it was a silly straw. I'm very interested in this dagger. However, while we're on the subject, do you have any
0: silly straws? Do I have any silly straws? My friend, I have the silliest straw. And he reaches down. He he actually ends up disappearing underneath the the table for a moment. Because, you know, his his arms aren't all that long. And you hear a whole bunch of slamming and banging. And he comes up and he has a piece of straw, piece of hay. And it's been tied in a whole bunch of knots. You can tell this has just been recently done. So recently, in fact probably happened seconds before he came back up. is like, now you want a silly straw? Look at that thing. That is silly.
1: I am impressed. Tell me more about the dagger.
0: Like, well, the dagger, you see, you can't really use it as a dagger. It, uh, it'll break off the second you try and do anything with it. But if you want to see a whole bunch of crazy crap when you look through the blade, you don't get a finer thing than this. I
1: love crazy crap.
0: Let's try it out. You, you look through it, and you can see that if you look through it from one side, everything starts to get squished down. And it's just people. For some reason, the, the buildings look completely normal. Anything you'd see wandering around is is squished down in that, that kind of weird way that, that carnival mirrors work. And then if you look through the other side of the blade, everyone's stretched up and gangly. But again, the buildings still look completely normal. Uh, oh, Lord, take a look. Look at this. I hand it to
1: him. <gasps> oh, you're so tall. Put it around. Oh You're only as tall as the pug! Hey? How much is this wonderful dagger? Oh With I, the silly straw.
0: You know what? Since I like you guys so much, I'm gonna throw in the the silly straw. Let's say uh let's say twenty coin. What do you think?
1: I I think we have a deal but I'd like to look at more of your
0: wares first. Why? Certainly. And he he picks up a hat. And this one is you know it's a it's a fancy gentleman's hat. Kind that was in style probably 20 years ago in Deva. Something you see you see the wealthy folks still still wearing. See the older folks still wearing. And this one has a hole starts up near the top comes out a little bit lower on the other side. He says, this is the hat that Link Shadow Walker was wearing when he died. I don't know if you remember this guy, but he was the mayor of Deva about 25 years ago.
1: I think and, I remember uh, him.
0: And he was awful. I mean, oh my God, the stories you hear about this guy. He was wearing this when he died, but the holes in there didn't come from what killed him. See, 76 separate people tried to kill him all at once for totally different reasons. This was one bad dude. Oh. This was just a magical ray that happened to only take down his hat. As, as you know, of course, he was actually taken down by 17 stab wounds to the back. Oh.
1: Pugnacious, would you like a treat?
0: You know what? I would love a treat. What have you got?
1: I do have part of a donut left.
0: He's like, oh, from that dwarf place across the street? I love that place. They don't, uh, yes, they don't really like to have dogs in there. I keep trying to explain my position to them, but they don't want to listen. So convinced the dogs can't talk.
1: Well, that's just ridiculous.
0: You know what? I'll, you let me have the rest of that donut. I'll knock a couple of coin off the, uh, the cost of that dagger.
1: You can have the donut, sir.
0: And he bounces out on his nose for a second. And then when he's sure you're watching, he flips it into the air, catches it, and scarfs it down in
2: one. Oh, he's a good boy. such a good boy. I scratch scratching my
0: Oh, yeah. He's got the leg going. <laughs> he's excited. He's like, oh, oh, here's the two of my favorite people now.
3: Side note, I added a picture of the uh, the Pugnacious minifigure to the chat.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, look at that. So this oh, is what man. I'm
3: picturing right now. So. Close.
0: Yes. Absolutely. You you take that and you throw on uh, throw on some some very gorgeous robes, and that is what he looks like now. Yes. And he says, "But but if hats aren't your thing, what do you think about this here?" Uh, he picks up a book. He says, "Now take a look at this thing."
1: The Tome of Ardenfast.
0: This right here is the Golden Book of Ardenfast. This guy Ardenfast, he had a bunch of stuff to say about all kinds of th- crazy stuff. And he wrote it all down in this. See, it's got this. Uh, it's got this lock here on the on the side of it. Nobody's opened it in ten thousand years. Nobody knows what it says. You could be the first.
1: Findor, I've heard a little bit about Arden Pass. He's one of the old wizards that nobody tends to speak about in the university. It's
2: it's almost as if he. They want him to be forgotten. Why would they want him to be forgotten? He must know something. That's what I'm thinking. Some dark secrets in there. I wonder where it came from.
0: You no, know, this thing This thing has been on some adventures before it came into my possession. And he spins you a tale. He he is in his element now. He tells you all about how it was And this this is, you know, getting into like where did Bobo uh Mr. Burns' old teddy bear territory go? And uh He tells <laughs> the story about, about the wizard dying and the book falling into the the pouch of the the adventurers that killed him and then rode off and the adventurers died and the orcs kept it all, and the orcs just threw it into a big pile and then the orcs were routed and and the, the and the people that routed the orcs. They, they took all of the plunder they could find and shelved it on display until a wizard found it. And the wizard turned into a hawk and swooped down and stole the book and flew away. But then the wizard, was his heart was pierced by an arrow from an elf. And the, the book fell into the elf's possession and stayed there for a thousand years in an elven glade. On and on and on he goes. He tells you the most magnificent story. Until finally, finally it, it landed in a, an estate sale. And his previous owner, who was a, a saintly old woman who just loved to buy everything from everyone. She was at the estate sale and she saw it. And she picked it up and she set it up on a, on a shelf where she thought it looked just perfect up against the light. And then uh, and when she died, the pug started his first shop, which was the things that, that had value from his previous owner. And, and this has stayed with him all this time, just waiting for the right owner. And it could be you guys, for all we know. Wow.
2: Um, all right, can I take a look at it?
0: He's like, yeah, yeah. If you can figure out how to open it, feel free. Otherwise, just have a look on the outside then.
2: <laughs> I, I take the book and I sort of, you
0: know, inspect it.
2: I flip it around and see. And I'm like, all right, I mean, it looks hefty enough. I'm going try to try to uh, jiggle the lock, see if I can open it. It was very securely, securely fastened. You know, Findor, I've heard about books like this.
1: There are special alchemists and wizards that can unlock them with
2: their magic in the university library. Well, I mean, the thing won't open. I just... All right.
0: right, How much for the book? You know, it's, uh... It's really one of those things. That's, uh... That's a really impressive book right there. And you're never going to find another one. But I'd see my way clear to letting you have it for, uh... Well, since I like you guys so much, let's say about 45 coins. 45
2: coins? For a book I can't open? Like, hey,
0: for all you know, you opened up all those pages are made out of gold. You need to rip the pages out and make a fortune.
2: All I know, you just slapped a a lock on some empty pages.
0: He's like, would I sell you a book... It's just full of empty pages. I feel like I'm getting some Irish into my accent here. <laughs> Going for Brooklyn stereotype. But uh, It also
3: have... It, it also... I've also heard little hints of Rick in there that have made me very happy.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, all right, all right. Tell you what, that donut was pretty good. So, uh, so I'll let you have it for 35 But you got to head over to the Dwarven Bakery get me another couple of donuts. Nothing with chocolate, though. Messes up my poop. That's
1: right.
0: I think we can do this. I'm going I do?
2: I'm going to do 50 for the knife and the book, and I'll get you a donut.
0: <sighs> you guys drive a hard bargain. But i got to be real honest with you. Nobody really wants to buy a bunch of crap from a pug. So I think you got yourself a deal.
1: All right. I think I like this deal. Um... Or would you rather get the donuts or wait here?
0: I'll go get the donut.
1: I'm gonna scratch behind his ear.
0: Oh, he can't even get words out. He's just there, the leg is going. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> what I miss
2: about having people around me. Head back to the uh, to the donuts and I get I get him a nice, a nice cider donut and a nice uh uh like, coconut, something.
0: Oh man, coconut! I tell you, I I spent about God, I'm getting my accents all screwed up now. <laughs> like you guys know I spent I spent about ten years. Let me tell you, pugs live a lot longer than you think. Too, we're tricky like that. Spent about ten years living down by the coast, down south. I haven't had good coconut ever since. This is nice. I don't know how these dwarves do it. I don't know. Are they growing them underground? None of us I don't think do. they can, but they must. They might be. They can
2: do wonderful things.
1: You know, I once bought a set of coconuts from a dwarf that I used to enchant into a magical horse.
2: So you rode the coconuts? Is that what you're telling me?
1: Uh, I, well, the the horse sort of grew. It was more of a mini horse that grew out of the coconuts, and the coconuts were the hooves. So it, it was a horse relative to the size of the small coconuts. But it oh, was alive!
0: How long? He says, uh... I suppose... You know, if you still got that horse, I could probably sell him for you. And, uh, <sighs> we could work out a deal there. I think, I think I know some people that might really be interested in a coconut horse.
1: I know a spell for that. You get me the coconuts, I'll make you a horse.
0: You have got yourself a deal, my friend. <laughs> oh, we got to turn into some weird Frankenstein shit right there. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Meanwhile, I'm just beaming with an ear- ear-to-ear grin.
0: And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he lets you take away the... Are you buying the dagger, too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, i will buy the dagger. He, he lets you, you know... Sets you up with a nice little bag with his his booth logo on the side of it, and packs all the stuff up for you. He's remarkably agile and and well equipped for a for a little guy. But he sets you up and he says, uh, "You yeah, know, you wanna you wanna look through other stuff, or you wanna you wanna come back later? I'm gonna be here for quite some time, I think. Deva's it's a nice place. I think it's a good place to to try and get myself a little more established."
2: Yeah, Well, we're just around the corner, so like, oh, we'll you, oh right you guys
0: got yourself a shop over there, or what? What do you guys do?
2: We're we're investigators, you know. We look into stuff, oh. and we find things that are missing. so, if you're having any troubles, yeah, come talk to us. Let us know. We'll see what They're we can do. Good get. to
0: know, my friends. Good to know. Ah,
2: I like this shop. This was
1: my favorite shop ever. This is better than the Brown Stuff Shop.
0: I, I want to uh, uh,
2: find a spot and sit down, and uh, I want to take a knife to this lock and see if I can pry
0: it open. Okay, so I guess that that the begs the aisle. question: Can you open the lock? What happens when you try?
1: I would think it would melt whatever he was
2: trying to pick the lock with. So I, I pull out my dagger and I just you know sit down on a bench and I pull out my dagger and I jam it in there and I start to like pry against it and, and as I'm prying the, the the lock, you know, the uh, the knife starts to bend. It bends towards me and I look down and it's just sort of disintegrating as it works its way down and I pull it off and I have what is now half of a knife. Oh my like, god damn it. I throw it on the ground. You know, Findor,
1: there is someone at the university that I think might be able to help us. I don't know his name, but they call him the locksmith. He's in the back. Lock. he's in the back of the library near the forbidden section okay. rumor has it he can open any book
2: that sounds like the exact thing that we need at this exact moment it
1: really does
2: convenient.
1: what a convenient plot twist
2: nice see him.
1: thank you for listening to trust me i'm an adventurer here's a moment to take a few words from our sponsors Are you tired of lonely nights all by yourself? Do you wish you could just find a sexy little elf to dance for you? Well come on down to Pointy Ears and Shapely Rears brothel. We've got the sexiest elves with the shapeliest rears and the pointiest ears. Holy hell is it erotic!
0: Do you have any uh, any path forward you want your character to go on? Do you have any like ideas what you want them to you know any kind of advancement, any kind of story beats, anything like that?
2: I don't really have like specific story s- stuff. I haven't really thought that much more about them. It's really just more about like feeling it out and playing a feel and. I definitely want to try to find ways to just lean more into the like sort of uh I don't know investigative side of it, it.
0: um, yeah, I have a couple of venture seeds that are all uh investigation, or there's one with like a corrupt magistrate or something like that, and a couple things like that. I want to delve into it yeah, some point. I'm, trying
2: to, I'm trying to decide just like like how he he interacts with the world in general and sort of distilling that down and 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 once it, once we start getting into like character specific stuff i can sort of well once i get a good sense of all right how does this guy move through the world you know we can like build stuff to sort of add up to that right like yeah
0: yeah definitely you
2: know, and anytime i like play stuff where it's like backstory first it's it's kind of like, I mean that's great, but it doesn't really inform what I'm actually yeah, doing it, in playing it, and so I find it a lot. It gets better kind of to restructed. work backwards. Yeah, I, I like working backwards. Can, can you hear me?
0: Rather than like,
2: we can hear you, Josh. Yay!
0: All right. Let me check. These go. are so
3: these are so noise canceling that it's hard for me to get a sense of how loud I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you sound good jay how'd your uh, how's the headphones working out
2: that yeah, sounds great like i'm comfortable
0: uh so i know we've got we're kind of short on time so let's let's kind of dive in okay um so there are three questions that are in the end of session move which are did we learn something new and important about the world did we overcome a notable monster or enemy and did we loot a memorable treasure? And that last one almost seems um, it almost seems like it just doesn't even hit the right tenor that the game we're we're trying to do is. So I was thinking that, and I mean, something new and important about the world is is kind of subjective. So I was thinking maybe we change them, and i was I was digging around online and looking at what other people use. So what do you think about this as our end of session questions? Did we make an exciting discovery? Did we overcome a notable obstacle? And did we succeed in our objective?
2: Oh, I like those. Yeah, yeah, that works.
0: Okay, cool. So in that case, I think we answer yes to all three of them, right? We made all kinds of exciting discoveries in the ruins. We overcame a notable obstacle because there's a bunch of... Uh, you know we had the snake, and we had the the creepy guys in the spire, and then we had uh, we had Joshua going nuts <laughs> and succeeded objectives. Uh, yeah,
2: I mean, that we looked, had uh, all sorts of fun dash out escape from the crumbling tower and the portals was
0: uh, quite treacherous, I think it was good. I really like that.
2: That was great for
0: uh for something that we improved uh into existence, those windows were uh that made for some good dungeon world right there
1: uh
3: falling down the stairs <laughs> just, just just repeatedly i I can't even call it falling down the stairs. It has to be called repeatedly failing down the stairs
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so go ahead and uh mark three experience for you get a point of experience for every time we say yes to one of the session end questions. Woo. And I'm going to find someplace online where I can store all this stuff. Um, I'm going to set up a, a wiki or a world anvil site or something like that. And I can put all this stuff on there and we can just keep referring back to it. I also wanted to round up or round out the characters a little bit. There's, if you look on the character sheet, there's, I mean, we have mostly everything covered. But we also have a spot down here at the bottom that we haven't really touched so far called bonds. And we ran into that a little bit in the last recording session and what bonds are is simple one word sentences that describe your relationship to another character, Uh, I thought I had it pulled up here. List of dungeon world bonds.
1: Well. I would say the bond with Findor is he's my best friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, I took Geldor in after he washed out of the Magic Academy because I was afraid he would end up dead if I didn't look after him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs>
0: Some point we have to flash back to like how you guys meet in the middle of a story somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean if you look at the dungeon world playbooks, they have example bonds in uh, in each of them, and it's it's kind of strange because they really wanted to find them as like bonds that exist as part of a playbook. So there's like you know there's a different comprehensive list for a barbarian versus for a bard versus for a wizard. And that, to me, has never made a tremendous amount of sense. I'm a wizard. You do your best.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sometimes I'm really good. Other times I'm
0: a wizard. <laughs> You were wizarding pretty well in that last session.
2: A wizard, Galdoa. Uh,
3: was that that last session was very much a mix of of success and failure.
0: Yeah, you didn't have a whole lot in the middle. You didn't have any mixes uh, really. We
2: started strong, but fell
3: apart. <laughs> oh, really? Really fell apart.
0: Alright, so I just dropped a uh I just dropped a link oh, in the in the roll twenty chat. And it's just uh it's just text version of uh the basic playbooks. But if you just do a, a quick find for the word bonds, it uh you can jump through all of the all of the different ones. So there's like a bond for Barbarian blank doesn't understand me or my culture. I will explain myself to them no matter how long it takes. And I think actually there are, there are some in, uh, there's some material in the Google drive in the class warfare book that I think there are some defined for the, um, for the stuff that we're using specifically.
2: I actually really like this idea because because it, like, takes small, actionable, like, snippets of a thing. It gives you, like, this little thing that you could play in so many different ways instead of some elaborate thing that's not going to get used. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it really beats, you know, you've all met in a tavern, and now you're going to go on an adventure because some other person that you have no connection to has has offered to pay you money for something.
3: Uh, I know these are just example snippets, like directly under the bonds, but I but I still feel it would be incredibly appropriate to
0: list it as.
1: Findor once brought me safely through the haunted forest.
0: <laughs> the best part is you you write a bond like that, and it's like, oh hey, there's a haunted forest in the game now. So theoretically, somewhere in Google Drive, there is a copy of Class Warfare, and it has some example bonds, too, but Google doesn't want me to have it, it seems. um, and the other the other part of character creation that we really kind of skip past the first time through is, ah, uh, there we go. Legend World has alignments, which uh, Josh, I don't know how much d and d you played. Jay, I know you played a little. but alignments to me in d were always super dumb they kind of existed for no real purpose outside of giving people a role play guide that nobody nobody even really thought of the same way you'd be like oh well in the beginning there was lawful neutral and chaotic and then there was the whole lawful good to chaotic evil uh nine-way axis and everybody thought it meant something different so it was one of those things that I've never particularly had a purpose for it in dungeon world. It's more designed to be, um, you know, there's lawful neutral and chaotic, but there's also good and evil. So you you would only pick one. You wouldn't have to worry about like, you could pick good and you wouldn't have to worry about lawful or chaotic. But, um, there's also, there's some house rule stuff. I not really house rule, but just, just an alternate rule set that's floating around, uh, called drives, which I kind of think is a, better way of dealing with it and it's another link i'm going to drop in the chat and drives are basically their replacement for it you pick i think you just pick one for the most part and these are all divided up of course by a basic playbook but i i mean i don't really think that uh worry too much about that i think we can just say you know hey here's a here's the here's the drive that i have and i'm just gonna pick it i don't care that it came from the thief playbook or the ranger playbook or or anything else and basically the way it works is that uh actually let me pull up the end of session these are basically just ways to get yourself more experience So, let me read out the whole end of session move. When you reach the end of a game session, choose one of your bonds that you feel is resolved, either completely explored, no longer relevant, or, you know, otherwise. Ask the player the character you have the bond with if they agree. If they do, mark a point of experience and write a new bond with whoever you wish. So, if at some point you... You say, okay, you know, we've explored this particular aspect of Findor and Geldor's relationship. And as a result, I think I'm going to just mark this bond as resolves. The other one agrees. You give yourself a point of experience and then you can write yourself a new bond that would reflect, you know, your relationship change. It could be like, well, I was his mentor and now I think he's really reached the point where he can stand on his own, you know, yada, yada stuff. Um and then once bonds have been updated look at your alignment if you fulfilled that alignment at least once this session mark a point of experience and that would be where drives would come in so say you pick the drive uh defiance stand up to a bully or tyrant uh you would it would mostly just inform how you play your character but if it got to the point where there was a tyrant to stand up against and you you stand up to said tyrant and you're like, go fuck yourself. These are my friends. You're not going to mess with them. Uh, you get yourself a point of experience. I almost, so.
3: I almost feel like that would be really appropriate for Geldor.
0: It seems like it would be.
3: He may be a bit of a bumbling idiot, but he's a well-meaning bumbling, bumbling idiot that cares.
0: That's, that's the best way. I think a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unlike the other
3: well bumble, well-meaning bumbling idiot who, you know, says things like
1: Luciting can people gonna die?" Oh god,
0: Jar Jar, big big Goobra fish. <laughs> um. So I mean, does that sound good? Do you guys want to use alignments, or you want to try out drives, or look for something different? Um, uh, yeah, I got one here.
2: Okay. It's I'm, it's hard. It's hard because there's a lot, but.
0: And don't really feel restricted by this stuff. If you've got something else similar that you can come up with, uh, feel free.
3: It It is a lot, but I do feel, I feel like something similar to, I feel like something similar to drives would be much more appropriate than, um. Than alignment since you know there's not really much question in the alignment of these characters so I feel like it's sort of a moot point yeah agreed um but no I feel like I feel like drives could be a really really interesting concept to play with especially if we were to if we were to adapt it to something specific to these characters I think it would flesh them out a little bit more
0: And I mean, we could very easily treat them the way you would bonds, you know, you just say, okay, at the end of the session, I think I've, I've explored my character's drive and and maybe exhausted it and I'm going to pick a new one. You know, you could start with, with something from the list and, and just kind of slowly ease into something else as, as things go on. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: think that sounds cool.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so the last, like, little bit of character bookkeeping is uh, leveling up. So you level up when you have as much experience equal to 7 plus your current level. So if you have 8 experience points, you can knock your total down by 8 and take an advanced move. All right, so... And don't forget I... the way we did uh, the way we did initial character creation. Everyone has. Uh, so right I'm now, sorry. can
3: can you repeat that though? Because my my brain did not accept that for some reason.
0: Okay, so going up a level involves uh, to go up a level. You need seven plus your current level experience points. So to go from level one to level two, you need eight, and you can. You know, if you have 8 experience points, you can knock your your experience total down by 8 and then go up a level and take uh, an additional move. So you have all so, your basic moves from all your playbooks, so you can take an advanced move.
3: Well. I have 20 experience. So, <laughs> so. Lord. Yeah, what am I doing here? <laughs>
2: All of the advanced moves, class related, like there's not like a generic
0: pool of. Right, right, yeah. In uh, in a game like Monster of the Week, you can take advanced versions of the basic moves that give you cool extra stuff you can do when you roll over a twelve. <laughs> but uh, but Dungeon World just wants you to pick more and more advanced moves. I got it. Got it. And uh, remember that when you. When we did character creation, we picked two compendium classes for everybody. And the way class warfare works is that you start out with three. So we were leaving the third one for if there was a dramatically appropriate moment or something like that. So if you want to flip through the class warfare book at some point, just don't forget that you've got... You can either add yourself another compendium class, uh, in which case... Send it to me because I've I've got to add it to the character sheet. Okay. Of or you can use that I, third one to pick another advanced move.
3: I'm I'm currently looking at my advanced moves, okay. um, and of the which one am I looking at? I think I'm looking at the, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the failed Arcanist advanced moves. And of the eight that are listed here, I think there are four that would be incredibly appropriate. <laughs> so i i want input from you guys okay because i think any of them would be amazing there's
1: i can cast that spell too
3: which you know i feel like is just almost a natural follow follow up to i know a spell for that
0: so i can cast that spell too is whenever you see someone cast a spell you can gain copy of one. Copy is kind of a hold. Uh, it gives you, like, points to spend. So whenever you, you use I know a spell to create the same effect as the spell you saw earlier in the session, you can spend a copy. If you do, you get plus two forward to the roll. And you can only have uh, a maximum of copy one at any given time. Okay, there's there's also...
1: I've always wanted to try this. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. Uh, Whenever you use I know a spell to create an effect you've never created before, choose to either get a plus one or minus one to the roll. And I love that. I love the fact that you can just be like... I love it.
2: (laughs) Why would you pick minus one? (laughs) What?
0: Hey, man, plus one forward doesn't get you a snake with little T-Rex arms.
1: Uh and then there's That's not the spell I wanted.
0: Oh god. Whenever you roll a seven plus for I Know a Spell, you can choose to ignore the cost, risk, and consequence the GM named. If you do, the GM can hold one. And I can spend that hold whenever oh you would use I Know a Spell. Oh god. Oh and it oh, so it completely gives me control of what the consequence of the uh, spell is so. This would make you flat out presto from the old D and D cartoon. Oh god, that's sort of wonderful.
3: <laughs> uh, and there's also
1: the first lesson is how not to kill yourself.
0: Whenever a move from this class causes you to deal damage to yourself, you get plus one armor forward. That's kind of a cool thing. That could that could be incredibly useful. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it would basically... I mean, I would think that, you know, it says whenever a move from this caused you to deal damage to yourself, there's never really a clear delineation between what's just taking damage and what's dealing damage. So, like, when you had that, that protective barrier up and you couldn't see through it and you fell down the stairs, you took damage. Theoretically, you should get armor for that if you had this
3: interesting these are really
0: good okay so
3: if i were to go up to say level three and take an Mm -hmm. advanced move what would my brain is just not not wrapping around this leveling up function right now
0: so you to go from level one to level two you'd need seven plus your current level which is one so you need eight for that and then to go from two to three you'd need seven plus your current level of two. So you need 9 for that. So you need 17 experience to go up to.
3: Okay. So I'll just go up the 1.
0: Okay. And that's uh, that's kind of an important thing, is that you don't necessarily have to level up. You can hold on to that if you want to. Because there's always... Um, the way Dungeon World generally works is that uh, they kind of expect you to like level up in your downtime. You know, you're making camp for the night or something like that. But I would say that if you've gone through the process and have leveled up and just have more experience, like if you level up and could level up again, but don't, uh, you could probably just use it whenever it's dramatically appropriate. If you're that- you at a point and you're just like, I want to have an extra move and this move that I, I think I have could could be useful, you know, you, you just level up right there i i think i'm gonna have to go
3: with uh also go with and i've always wanted to try this for an advanced that seems both the most useful and fitting
0: yes very much so um plus one or minus one (laughs) jay you've got enough to level up too right i do
2: some of these they're really great uh uh, but it's all in the like the the RP of it. Um, and so I'm trying to decide if I want to take something uh, that's a little more mechanical and simple, or, or something that they'll force me to have fun with it. Uh, for example, life lessons.
0: Oh yeah, I like the one that's next to it on the character that, sheet, which is a nonsensical babble.
2: Nonsensical babble. Yeah, I know. I I know. Uh, I actually, think I'm gonna. I'm going to start with life lessons and work my way up to nonsensical babble. I think
0: lessons once per session, you can freely give off a cryptic haiku or the like and grant plus four forward to any role that you or an ally make. (laughs) Just, I just see it like
2: random, like aphorisms, (laughs) like unprompted.
0: Like, like you go on a little grandpa Simpson style rant, and then just all of a sudden, you're like, oh, and that reminds me about how to do this. And then you kill, like, nine characters all at once. God, yeah, I love these mentor moves. They're just so... They just always make me think of what's-his-name from uh, Lethal Weapon. Too old for this shit. Um. Yeah, and, and one thing we're I bolted on the Apocalypse World harm system to this. So, if you're taking if you're taking moves that have damage uh and then we in play, it seems like it's you know, not not lining up with what you you think it should do. Uh let me know and we can figure out where the harm harm should be for these things. Cuz I just I really don't like the the basic uh Dungeon World harm system, which is basically that you you all have a set amount of damage that you do no matter what you're using. So, like, fighters just do D10 damage no matter what they do. If you grab somebody and throw them into a wall, you do a D10 of damage. And, uh, it just seems weird and odd. So, so we can definitely tinker with the damage system if, uh, if we feel the need.
1: Now, here's the big question Can we tinker with boat construction?
0: <laughs> we should find you a, uh, Find you like a ship's captain compendium class to tack on here. <laughs> Fill it up with moves that you'll never use. Because
3: <laughs> I'll never build a boat.
0: <laughs> okay. And I think that's kind of it for bookkeeping. So, I mean, if you just scroll down to the bottom of your character sheet, there's the little bond section and there's an add button. So you can just, you know, hit add and write yourself up a bond with with the other uh, at some point. And I'll, I'll add the drive section. And I mean for the for the meantime just you can stick a drive down in the notes and when I get around to updating the character sheet I'll I'll make a drive section I'll copy it over in there.
3: All right, the bond I've added is is
2: actually Findor is my best friend, mentor and keeps my head level. I wrote Geldor once broke a priceless artifact and now we both have to avoid the Artah family. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't mean to. I thought I remembered the spell to make it
2: levitate. Piss. <laughs> you threw it through the ceiling. You levitated it really hard.
1: but I smashed the ceiling too.
2: The thing, because that's how it got out of there, <laughs> so it did some good. <laughs>
0: Oh dear! Slip into an Irish brogue there for a second. Yes, I did. Oh, I am,
3: I am, I'm Scottish. I am Scottish. I can be cross. I can be properly cross. You give me your coat. Give me your coat.